Hey, there's a story in the Bible in Luke chapter 10. You guys have probably heard it before, but it's the, it's the story when Jesus and his followers, his disciples are roaming from village to village and they come to this village and they come to the home of these sisters, Mary and Martha. And when they get to the home and their disciples come into the home, Martha is very busy at work. She is cleaning up and, and taking care of the food and getting everything ready while her sister Mary is just sitting, hanging out in the living room with Jesus. So what happens is Martha ends up going to Jesus and going, Jesus, come on, get my sister off the sofa and get her to come in and start helping me. I got all this food to prepare, all this stuff to do, and she's just sitting around doing nothing. Will you get her to come? Come on, Jesus, tell her to do it. And it's an interesting interaction. Listen to what Jesus says to her. I love this. He says this. He goes, Martha, 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 right? Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. And then he talks about Mary, and he says this. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. Any of you relate to Martha? Got any Marthas here? Yeah, man, I'd, come on, let's get, why aren't you helping out? What's going on? Let's get going here. I was listening to a pastor talk, uh, uh, give a sermon this week, and it was on worry. And he said, here's reasons why we should not worry. The first one point was because worrying is a sin. And I just started worrying right away, like, oh no, I'm in trouble, right? I think that's far from the tone that Jesus was uh, like approaching Martha with. I don't see that Jesus was looking at her in that tone. I see her looking at her with compassion and concern and a desire for her to not be consumed by her worry. Do you ever feel worried about so many things? Do you ever sit down and just go, oh man, I'm worried about so many things. Well, if you do, I'm here to tell you something encouraging. You're not alone. You're not alone. Matter of fact, I was looking at this study and here's what this study shows. The average person worries 14.31 hours per week. That means we worry about 744 hours a year. That translates to 45,243 hours of worry for the average lifetime. That's 5.2 years of worry the average person does. So you are not alone, right? I'm 50 years old. I've been only spent 45 of those years not worrying. The rest was in worry. It's crazy statistics. Why do we worry? I mean, we look at the world around us right now. We can sit there and say, well, here's all these reasons why. This is happening. This has happened. There's so many reasons to worry. Well, I decided to look at psychology today. They talk a lot about worry and They had this whole little list of why people worry so much. They said, this is the real reasons, right? It takes some time to get to the real reasons why we worry. And here was their top list. Number one, if I worry, I will never have a bad surprise. So I'm just thinking negative all the time. When something negative happens, it won't surprise me. But the problem with that is what? We never enjoy the good things. We're constantly worrying when nothing bad is happening. The next thing, it's safer if I worry. It's safer if I worry. If I'm just always thinking something's gonna happen and looking around every corner, no one's gonna surprise me and scare me if I'm always worried that they're gonna scare me. But the problem is what? We're never resting in the safety that we're generally living in most of the time. 
Oh, I like this one. I show I care by worrying. Anyone, you feel that, moms? I show I care by worrying. Well, ask your kids how that comes off, right? Yes, just care about them. That's why I'm nagging and on you all the time, right? Because I care. Okay, I thought that one was kind of funny. Worry motivates me. I think for me, it just makes me tired, right? But that was a big one. It motivates me. And then this is the last one of the top ones. Worry helps me solve problems. I, I could see that. But I think it also causes us to only see problems often. What was Mary doing? So Martha was worrying. What was Mary really doing? Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. In a lot of ways, what Mary was doing was she was accepting the invitation that we've been talking about Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 11. We've been talking about this for the last three or four weeks. As Jesus says, come to me all you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke from you and learn from me. That's what Mary was doing. It says that she was sitting and learning from him. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today I want us to consider worry. And when I think about the last month or so that we've been facing all these things, I think we could say we have a lot to worry about. Feels that way, doesn't it? Houston, Florida, Puerto Rico, Mexico City, Las Vegas. It's a lot going on. For some of you, that might just seem, those things might just seem so far away. Which one impacted you the least, right? Which one did you not relate to the most? Some more, some less. You know what really hit me this week I didn't know was our, our uh, Spanish pastor for Rancho en Español, Armando. You know what hit him the most? Mexico City. He lived there. When he came in, the look on his face, he knows that city. It was pretty devastating for him. Some of us haven't been really impacted a bunch by the big things, but I think what really creates most of our worries are things that's in our own lives right around us. Those are the things that mostly capture us, wouldn't you agree? That's what usually it captures us. And next week, Scott's gonna be talking about lightening the burden of life's struggles and hurts and tragedies. We're gonna be really looking at those bigger picture things next week, so please come back for that. But today I want us to think about worry because Jesus warns us about worry. And I think he's more like encouraging us to really consider, to pay attention to how much worry can affect our lives. And that's what he's concerned about. Listen to what he says. I'm just gonna read a couple passages for you. Luke 21, 34. Be careful or your heart will be weighed down by the worries of life. Have you ever felt that? Just worry weighing you down. Or what about what he says in Matthew 13, 22? Those who receive the seed that fell along the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life choke it out and make it unfruitful. Have you ever felt like your worries were choking you? You couldn't enjoy anything? It's real. Jesus, basically, this is what I think he's encouraging us towards, is that worry can have a, a deep impact on our lives, weighing down our hearts and choking out our ability to really experience true life. I think that's what we need to think about. That's what we need to consider. Because worry's real. It's right at our front door all the time, it seems like. It's right there. I don't think worry's ever gonna go away, so I'm not gonna try to eliminate worry here. I think that would be dumb for me to try to do because it's always gonna be there. 
but I think we can learn some things from the Bible. I think we can learn some things on how we might feel the weight of worry lift a little. A little bit easier, a little bit lighter as we face life and the things that come at us. So that even in the midst of this crazy, chaotic world, uh, we can experience that easy and light hope that Christ is taking over our thoughts and our lives a little bit more in his ways and lifting the burden. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this overarching uh, kind of focus that has helped me. As I've said before, guys, all I can really bring to you is what helps me. I don't know what helps you, so hopefully what helps me helps you. I just know my life. I know what I've had to deal with and how I've gotten through it. So there's an overarching theme that's been very helpful for me, I hope is for you. And then we're just going to look at a couple focuses in the midst of that then of what I hope might help you uh, just lift the burden of, of worry a little bit more. Maybe just find it kind of moving away from you. These are not going to be any new ideas, I don't think, for probably most of us. But you know what? Have you even found sometimes it's the most simplest ideas that are the easiest to forget? especially in the midst of worry. So yeah, it might be simple, but they're ones that I need to continuously refocus my attention to so that worry doesn't consume me. So here's the first one. Here's the big umbrella. Life is short and uncertain, so today matters. Life is short and uncertain, so today matters. Man, over the years, this focus has so captured me. And I want it to capture me even more. Because there's things that are constantly trying to take my eyes off of this reality. Off the reality that, man, life is short, it's uncertain, I never know what's gonna happen, so today matters because this is what I have. This is what I have right here in front of me right now. And I wanna keep my eyes, and I wanna keep my heart on that, and I need to fight for that. I need to fight to keep thinking about that. It doesn't just come naturally all the time because everything else wants to take my eyes off of that. And probably one of Jesus' most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, in there, one of his most famous teachings is in Matthew chapter six, where he said this, but seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. They were talking about worrying about your clothes and food and this or that. And then he says this, therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow. And I love what he says, for tomorrow will worry about itself, right? Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, he's not saying that if we have our minds right, we're not gonna have trouble. Each day has a trouble of its own. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more as well. Every day has trouble. Focus on today. This is the day that matters. Focus on that. Because tomorrow will come and it has its own time in its own time, so don't worry about it. It's hard to not let yesterday and tomorrow to get in the way of really living today, isn't it? It's hard. It can so consume us. But for me, it's having an unhealthy view of yesterday or an unhealthy view of tomorrow that creates more worry today. That's kind of my litmus test. My litmus says in my own life, with how I'm handling yesterday's situations, issues, struggles, whatever it is, or how I'm taking what's coming up, the only way I know if I'm thinking healthy about that is how I'm living today. That's really my litmus test that I think about. Think about how am I handling things today? That that helps me to realize or understand how I'm dealing with things. 
If it's guilt and shame that you find yourself struggling with, past decisions that are just heaping this worry and guilt and shame on you, I cannot encourage you enough, if you were not here last week, to listen to Scott's message last week. That's what he covered, and it was powerful. It was powerful. If that's where you find yourself, you need to listen to that one again. Guys, if it's tragedies or hurts from the past, I have those. Some I think about often. I just want to encourage you that here we are now. We made it to today. With the help of God and with others around us, we got through yesterday and we're here. Hang in there. Keep in the community. Keep walking. If you find yourself in the fears or concerns about what might happen tomorrow, I want you to listen to Jesus' brother James. James 14, 4, he says, you don't even know what happened tomorrow. You don't know. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I want to encourage you that today is a special day. Today is a special day. I know we're dealing with stuff. Some people more than others, I know it. Stuff from yesterday, plenty of concerns about tomorrow. But here's what I really want us to think about. When bad yesterdays and scary tomorrows capture our attention, worry can consume our todays. And that's when we're not living life. So that's something that I just want us to be thinking about. I'm not want us to forget about yesterday. I don't want us to ignore yesterday. First of all, to do that, you can't. Second of all, I don't even want to. I don't want to forget about yesterday. We can't ignore it and we can't forget about it. We shouldn't want to do that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan for tomorrow or think that, you know, that things are coming. We've got to put our mind, we've got to plan. I understand that. But at the same time, we need to understand this. We can't change yesterday and tomorrow is only speculation, but today, right now, matters. That I do know. That at least I want my heart to be focused on. And I hope that yesterday's failures and hurts and tomorrow's fears hasn't so consumed us that it destroys the special day which is today. And it can have a tendency of doing that. I think that's the big picture for me. I know for me that's the big picture of how I'm handling today and how I'm focusing on it and, and looking at the power of it and the reality of it. One of the verses that has always been just really dear to my heart and mind is Psalm 18, 118. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, right? Such an easy verse, but so hard sometimes to set our mind to. It can be so hard. But it seems so simple. And doing that with other people, because with others we can focus on today more, just to keep moving, to consider today, to rejoice in today. This is the day the Lord's made. We want to rejoice and be glad in it. So that's the big picture. Life is short, it's uncertain, never know what's going to happen. So today value is, is, is matters. Today matters. So what I want to do is I want to look at two things. Two things that for me, I find when I kind of put my attention towards worry goes away. When I start forgetting about worry grows. So I hope maybe it will help you as well. The first one is this. 
focus on loving and serving others. Focus on loving and serving others. I found out when I finally start reaching out to others, when I start, finally start thinking about others in whatever context or wherever it's at, I found my eyes to kind of get off of me and my issues and I start kind of just thinking about others more and that has made a profound impact in my life. And I gotta constantly do that because especially when worry comes, I just kind of wanna sit and just think about it and dwell on it. And I, you ever done that before when you're in a time of worry and all of a sudden you gotta go do something, you get involved with something else and you come home and go, hi, I wasn't, you haven't even been thinking about it. And then we just go home and get back going on it, right? I mean, but it's real. I love Acts 20, 35. He says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I want you to think about Martha. It, Jesus didn't say, Martha, Martha, Martha. You're so busy doing so many things. That's not what she was saying. He, he didn't say that. He says you're worried about, you're, you're so concerned about worrying. You're worrying about so many things. I don't think he was telling Martha you shouldn't do something. Hey, it's better to give than to receive. So he wasn't telling her. I mean, some of you guys are doers here, right? Do I got any doers in the house? Let's get things done, you know? I'm just lazy. I don't like doing nothing. So I can't totally relate to the Martha issue. I'm all about Mary, but might not be as godly as Mary, but I, that's what I'm about, right? So maybe you're a doer. So I don't want you to hear this thing that, well, don't do. That's not it. Mary, Martha was a doer, but it wasn't that that she was having a problem with. She was worrying, and then she was keeping that worry on her sister as well. So all of a sudden, the way she saw it, she wanted her to see it. Now she's really frustrated. So giving is better than receiving. And we're blessed when we do that. I love how simple that is. It's not a command or some hoop to jump through. I really believe it's an encouragement for us to experience to experience life here and now. When we serve others, when we give to others, it really does have a power to change us. I think it needs to start in our homes, move off into our family and work co-workers, and then it can go to our grocery stores and wherever we find ourselves to give. It could be a powerful thing. Look at what, what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter five. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I think this is Scott's message last week. He's talking about being free in Christ from this yoke of religion, this yoke of legalism, this yoke of do's and don'ts following the rules and regulations. Man, you are set free through Christ. Your sins, the sins of the world are taken care of. You are now set free and accepted by God through Christ. Don't allow, live in that freedom and don't allow that yoke of religion to bog you down again with the burdens of that. So that's, that's what we talked about last week. But, as, but we need to live into that in a way to really experience it. So look what he says as he goes down to verse, I think it's 13. He says this, you, my brothers, were called to be free. Galatians 1, we're free. Don't let the yoke be burdened, but... Don't use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. You'll find yourself just burdened again. You'll feel the weight of stuff. But instead, serve one another in love. And look what he goes on to say. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that. We talked about this a few weeks ago because I love this love your neighbor as yourself because I know how I want to be loved, right? Right? I mean, I might wonder like, man, I don't know how to love my enemy or love my enemy. I just, what you got to do is go home, put a list down on how you want everyone to treat you, and then just move that to the column of how you treat others, and I think you'll be doing good. I mean, how do you want your kids to treat you? How do you want your wife to treat you? How do you want your husband to treat you? Then you just do that. 
And that would be serving and loving and caring. You see, loving and giving is such a powerful way to counter worry. Because one of the biggest things it does for me is it makes me realize I'm not alone. I'm not alone in my worry because we're all worrying. And when we come together as people and we begin to think about other people just above myself, it gives me hope. It's powerful. It's kind of like those commercials, right? The retirement commercials. Like how far is your retirement going to get you? And I realize I'm not alone that I'm never going to retire. Kind of makes me feel better about myself. Any of you guys do that? Yeah, I'm the five-year person. I'm good with that. And so are you. Well, good. Not alone, right? I know it's a bad thing, but it's true for me. I've been a pastor. I, I was a youth pastor for over 20 years. It still feels weird to say was, but I was. I'm not anymore. But through that 20 years, there's one big thing that always would come to my plate. We need to get these kids serving more. And then they would say, Steve, teach my kid to serve. And I kind of realized probably we were doing that because us adults don't know how to serve. So we just like went, get the pastor to do it, right? Get my kid to do something good. You know, I go, why don't you just show him how you do it? That's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, now I'm an adult pastor, so I get to go after you guys instead of them, right? But, but it was kind of interesting. So I could sit there as a youth pastor until I'm blue in the face and go like, you need to serve, kids. You need to serve. Stop being so selfish, right? And if you were in my youth group, I was never like that. Right? I never taught about that kind of stuff. But you know what I did do? Every year, I just take a group of kids to Mexico to build houses and visit orphanages. And every other month, we'd go to San Diego to minister to the homeless down in San Diego. It was amazing what would go on there in kids' hearts and minds. I didn't even have to tell them anything about the blessing of serving. Because while we were down there in Mexico, it was just like the greatest week for most kids. Man, why is this so great? Man, I'm building the house, I'm visiting, why is this so great? Man, because you're living the life of Christ and it has an impact on your life. Still to this day, I'll have people come up to me, they graduated 10, 12, 13 years ago and I have people come up and go, you still do the Mexico thing? Do you still do the San Diego thing? Oh, I got it. can I come with you sometime? Man, I haven't done anything like that for a while. And you feel the weight of the burden of worry. And I go, heck yeah, come. I've watched adults just get just as impacted going down there with me as kids. It's powerful. Watching these kids see the blessing and power of loving others and serving and giving, it's life-changing. When we're down in Mexico, there's no worries going on, except for me. I'm worrying 24 hours a day because I got your kids down in Mexico. Hope you're okay with that. So I might be up at two in the morning. Hmm, I wonder if they're all in bed. Are they hanging around Tijuana? So, right? so then I just go, ah, I'll be fine. God's in control. I'll go back to sleep, right? <laughs> so I might be worrying, but they're not. Guys, I know there's a lot out there to worry for uh, in this world, a lot out there to cause us to worry. I just want to encourage you. Loving, giving, caring just might become the most powerful change in your life to let go of those worries a little bit more because you know what? It's the life of Jesus. It's the life of Jesus that he wants us to identify with. You see, Jesus, when he's going to that last day of his life and he's about to be crucified, and if you know anything about that, he's like anxious about this. Jesus wasn't just like, I'll bring it on, you know? He was knowing what was coming and he was anxious and he was weary and he was worried. 
But before he got to that place in the garden when he knew the arrest was coming and the beating and, the, and the, the, the torture and the hanging on the cross was coming from the religious people and the political people and he was standing in the gap for the lost and the hurting and sinners. Before he did that, he came with his disciples and he did what with them? He washed their feet. Oh, he was worried. They weren't going to the cross. He was, but he washed their feet. And look what he says in John 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, and no messenger is greater than the one who sent him. And then I love what he says. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Hey, this world wants to capture you, man. And I know what's going to capture me in the next couple of days. It's going to be, oh, man, I'm not looking forward to this. But I know one thing. When we serve, we wash each other's feet, and we love and care, we'll be blessed if we do that. We think about others. I do think it will help lessen our worry. I've always loved, it seems like Jesus, when he teaches us how to live, he showed it. I love that about the Jesus we follow. His story is so relevant and fits so in line with our stories of just giving and caring even in the midst of this worrisome period and worrisome time. Here's how his story has just made me think. When I focus on loving those around me, putting their interest above mine and serving them, I find myself worrying less and living here and now more. And I hope you might find that too. It's very powerful. So that's the first thing. Loving, giving, serving, caring, thinking of others can be very powerful in our battle against worry. The second thing is this. Might be more important. Focus our minds towards the goodness of God through prayer. Focus our minds towards the goodness of God through prayer. A friend of mine's dad once said, we allow the magnitude of our problems to blind us to the majesty of our master. We allow the magnitude of our problems to blind us to the majesty of our master. Now, I'm not saying that to create any sort of guilt, but as a source of encouragement. I want to encourage you that maybe be our way down and your heart is way down. You're feeling yourself choked out by worry. I want to encourage you that it doesn't take much to redirect our attention towards God and have it have a huge impact in our lives. I was reading, a, I'm reading a book right now on, on the brain. And it said this, I thought it was interesting. 12 minutes a day of focusing our attention on something positive can actually begin to spark parts of our brain that will see and experience things as positive. 12 minutes a day. So 12 minutes a day, of, I'm not talking like 10 seconds scattered throughout the day each, right? But a constant 12 minutes a day actually sparks. If you're focused on positive and good for 12 minutes a day, it actually begins to spark and change your brain to see things as better and, and, and good. 12 minutes. Someone with adult ADD, I can even do 12 minutes, right? I was so encouraged by this. It's like, yeah, 12 minutes, I could do that. And I found that they make a huge impact. It's crazy to me how science is beginning to catch up to what God's been teaching for thousands of years. This idea of setting our mind on things. And what do we want to send our, set our mind on? 
I, I purposely said the goodness of God because oftentimes for me in the past, prayer can be, be a dumping of all the problems. I just want to tell you, if you spend your life dumping all your problems in prayer, your mind is just being consumed by the problems. It's just the way it is. So that's why I want to look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, right? It's probably the most famous verse on prayer, one of them at least. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with grumbling and complaining. Doesn't say that, right? It's like, so for me, I got to focus on the thanksgiving because that's not always what comes naturally, right? With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I love the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the uncertainty of what's going to go on, will guard your heart and minds in Christ. His peace will guard us. I love that. So what does he go on to say? Finally, brothers, then whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, spend 12 minutes a day thinking about such things, right? I was gonna, let's just start there. Just, just set your mind on that. It could radically change your life. Because I know when worry captures me, it's so difficult, isn't it, to think about anything noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent. I mean, if you're captured by worry, sometimes it's so hard. But I want to tell you, man, I've spent time with people in just the darkest places. And if we talk about anything praiseworthy, they could say, oh, I am thankful. I, they have a list of things they're thankful for. And what we're trying to do is redirect our hearts towards that, at least so we don't allow worry to consume us. It's there. Something to be praiseworthy, something praiseworthy, something noble, something good, it's there. John 16, 33, Jesus teaches that when he says, I told you these things so that in me you have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. I'm not saying I'm gonna eliminate the trouble. It's just there, it's the world, it's uncertain, it's, it's random, it's whatever. Scott's gonna be talking about it. I'll let him talk about that next week, right? But look what he says. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So he's saying that there's peace in the midst of the chaos. So then think upon these things. Set your mind on these things. It might start by us just needing to write that list every morning. I'm going to write those things that I'm thankful for. Write those things that I can praise. Write down those things that are good. Even in the midst of all this, I'm going to spend my 12 minutes thinking and thanking God for those things find a place in my mind and my heart to give thanks for God for this day. Give some of my attention towards his goodness and kindness and love towards us. And again, if you struggle with that one piece, go listen to the message last week again. Listen and think about it. Allow that love of God to flow in and through you, the grace of God to overwhelm you. I love 1 Peter 5, 7, where he just says, cast all your worries on him because he cares for you. Man, last week's message was so much about God's caring for us. So powerful to think about that. We're loved by God. We're forgiven by him. We're accepted by him. There's nothing more beautiful than that to set our minds on. And you know what? I need to do that because you know what I find if I don't? If I don't, here's what I find. If I don't capture my mind, then my mind gets captured by whatever's coming down the road and that can create worry. 
Our minds are going to be captured by something. And if I don't set it on the good, it's so easy to get captured by and overwhelmed by everything else. At least for me, that's what happens. So here's what I want, to say, I want to encourage you towards. If we focus our attention on the goodness of God, even for 12 minutes, and allow him to capture our minds, our minds will not be so easily captured by the worries of this world. He'll be capturing them. So hey, life is short, right? It's uncertain. So today matters. So give to someone. Love those around you. Start within your own home and move out. And set your mind towards the goodness of God. You just might start finding more life in today and begin to see your worries become less and less. At least that's what I hope for and that's what I pray for us for. Will you pray for me now? Father God, I thank you so much for just your example through Jesus. Yeah, there's gonna be troubles in this world, but Lord, you came to bring us peace even in the midst of that as we set our hearts and our minds towards you. Man, God, this world is chaotic. Our time here is short. Nothing certain. So I hope and pray that you would help us to see that today is important. Today matters. Today is what's most valuable. And that we would just set our hearts on that. That today we would think about those things that are good and pleasing and perfect. Those things that are beautiful and praiseworthy. That we think about you. That we think about the things that you've blessed us with. That we would be able to begin to spend more time setting our hearts and our minds towards you. And then we'd also give us the ability to serve, find ways to serve and to love and to give. And as we do that, that we had just become thousands of friends advancing your cause and we wouldn't be finding that the worries of this world are capturing us quite as much. Help us just to take one step, one step today. Through the power of your spirit, give us that vision that we might experience life more today and now, today and this day, which matters so much. For your glory and honor, in Jesus' name, amen.